Welcome to Commission Impossible. I'm Scott Fish, and with me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ryan McDowell. What's going on, Ryan? Not much, man. Glad to glad to get in a little routine here. I know. We, we've started every episode uh, of the past several by saying it's been too long and making excuses about being busy and doing you know, doing work and running leagues. And here we are two weeks in a row. So this yes. is good. We're on a hot streak. I like it. Let's keep it up. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go for that third week in a row. Well, uh, I like that we have this little gap in our day where both of us are able to do this uh, on occasion. So it, yes. it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty consistent. I'm hopeful. We've been, uh, Ryan and I have been known for our commissioning over the years. We got together, started a podcast to help other commissioners out. If you're new to the show, most of our episodes are pretty evergreen, and I uh, I write some pretty decent descriptions of what is in each show, so you can check that out and, and try to find what you're looking for. Uh, what we do here is go over listener questions, bad commissioner stories, Interesting league ideas people have sent us go over some of our ideas that have now become really popular out there. And we answer uh, most of the emails that come into us. You can email us at commishpod at gmail.com. Now, on to the show. Ryan, we got questions. We got more questions. We're catching up on that mailbag, which is always just overflowing with people excited to, uh, to talk to us about their commission questions, stories, stuff like that from all over the country. You want to read the first one? You can see at the bottom of that email where he's from. I, I do see that. And I would think this person would already have the answers. He wouldn't need to ask us, but I know, right? Evidently, this is, this is the one problem he can't solve. This is from Will Hunting in Boston, Mass. Uh, so <laughs> I like it. Good. Will Hunting says he's actually got two questions. So he's, he's found a couple problems he, uh, he can't figure out on the, on the chalkboard. The first one is, what is your favorite go-to option for public owner recruitment for highly competitive or unique dynasty leagues? Is it classified boards at various sites, or do you prefer certain Twitter communities? Would love to know where to find some of the most high-level players with niche interest. Um, we've, done, we've done this so many times. Yeah, we've talked about this one. Uh, for me, it has become Twitter because that is the the community, the fantasy community that I'm – I would say I'm most involved with, uh, but there are options certainly. Uh, and, and Will mentions a few of them here. If you're active at football guys, they have a, a message board just for finding owners. Same thing with DLF. I'm sure. Uh, I think dynasty nerds. Right. Dynasty. I'm sure dynasty nerds and Rotoviz and in, anybody that has that community, whether it's a message board or it's a Slack community, whatever it might be, I'm sure they have, uh, those options. So wherever you are active, that's where you need to reach out. And then yeah. the, the other option is uh, just the leagues that you're already in. Uh, Scott, I know if you're looking for an owner in pigs one, you're probably reaching out to the guys that are in pigs two to, uh, to fill those spots. That's, yep. that's kind of how I would, how I would do it. I'm, um, yeah, all of the communities you mentioned, like they have this, they're already dynasty players and they're, they're already like, Good enough. They're probably good enough owners already just because they're active on stuff like that, that, that it interests them year round and they're posting about it. So those are always the, the best places to look. Uh, you you kind of mentioned that in your email. I wonder how, if you're having trouble or something, considering you asked that just because uh, it seems like you kind of know where to, to go. <laughs> yeah. He, he nailed all the, the, 
the spots that I would uh, that I would check. Twitter would be the first one, but again, wherever you're active, that's where you need to look. Uh, second question from Will says, "What do you do when you have an owner who is active in the league but a perpetual complainer?" grinds on the other owners. He, he gives lots of examples here. This, this person is complaining uh, through email, through the message board and Slack and talking about trades and the criticizing commissioner decisions and basically just kind of grading on everyone. What do we do with this? And this is an easy one. You yep. kick him out. That's yep. it. You kick, yep. you get rid of him. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. When you're in a dynasty league, you've got that commitment. You've got that relationship between nine or 11 or 13 other people. And it it needs to be a good time for all. Will also mentioned that many players over the years have already left because of this person. So yeah, yeah, he's got to go. It's pretty obvious. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's super easy. I know it can be tough and and it can just especially depending on the relationship you have with that person, but you just got to do it. Yep. I think, you know, my early years commissioning, I I remember having the feeling that Will Hunting has here where you're like, "Oh man, what do I do with this guy? It, I don't want him in my league." But... Was it a good feeling? No, 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 good no. Hunting, yes, good Will Hunting. Will, I got okay. it. Yeah. No, but uh no, it's just I remember in the early days having this feeling and I think what broke my back was just kicking that first guy out. Yep. Hey guys, at this point in the show, I told a story of the first person I kicked out of a league. I felt it didn't really need to be in this show. So I pulled it. Uh, sorry about that. Now on to the rest of the show. The first time you kick someone out of a league, you realize it's not the end of the world kicking someone out of the league and things get better after that. You know, like you kick a bad owner out of a league and all of a sudden the experience gets better for everyone else. And, and you don't like that initial kicking them out sucks. Like you hate to do it, but it's a little tiny blip on the radar. And once you're past it, everything gets better. So just do it. I agree. <laughs> was that too much information? Should I cut that story? No, no, that was a great story. I, I, I don't know if I don't know if that's the same uh, situation that a lot of people are it's in. But it was absolutely a great story. not. It's <laughs> absolutely not the same situation. It's more of a statement of once you kick out that yes. first person from your league, you realize all of a sudden it's it's actually not that bad of a thing. It's not that hard, and you know, it, once you're past it, you're good. Yeah. I think for me, and and this happened early in in my time as a commish too. I, I went into the league thinking I had to make everybody happy, and there was this one guy that that was never happy. And and ultimately, I realized no matter what decision I make, no matter what vote we have in the league, or what the rules are, or, or whatever. He's never going to be happy. He's always going to find something to complain about. It sounds a lot like the situation that Will is describing here. And ultimately, I just kicked him out. And uh, all I got was uh, pats on the back from the other owners yep. in the league. Never heard from the guy again. And, yep. and and everything went well from there. The league is still going. And, um, yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. It was certainly the the best call at that point. Yeah, and if you're feeling that way, you can bet there are many members of your league that are feeling the same way. And there's just going to be a growing sense of relief once it's done. 
Uh, Andrew from Avon, Minnesota. I feel like he sent in another email in the last show. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I, rem- I feel like I remember in Avon, Minnesota. I-, I think I had to look it up or something. I don't know. Uh, anywhere. Anyway, Andrew from Avon, Minnesota says, Hey guys, got a rookie Debbie draft question for you. In my 10 team dynasty league, we draft Debbie players during our rookie draft. Each team can have multiple Debbie players on their rosters, but are allowed to draft only one Debbie player per draft. Would you consider it unfair collusion or collusion if two teams made an agreement prior to the draft that team A would draft the Debbie player that team B wanted just to turn around and trade that player to team B for a predetermined amount, thus allowing team B to acquire two Debbie players? The trading part is legal, but the predetermined agreement that uh, is sketchy. Uh, love to hear th- your thoughts on this. Thanks, Andrew from Avon, Minnesota. Oh boy, Ryan, got any thoughts on this? I do have thoughts. I've got a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was in a very similar situation uh, in the kitchen sink league. We have uh, we do an auction, but it, it's essentially the same. So early in the in the league, the first couple years, everybody was allotted three spots that they could win. Mm-hmm. in the auction. So you could win three Devi players and, and that was it. Um, and essentially exactly what uh, Andrew is describing here happened. Absolutely, people, yeah. people started making um, conditional trades, Yeah, conditional trades. And you win these players for me. It was making those same types of trades. So this was, um, this was happening across the league. And ultimately I realized what's, what's the point here? So I got rid of that rule. You can, you can now trade spots. We call them basically opportunities to win players. So you can trade those spots. If you don't want to participate in the Devi, uh, Devi auction, you don't have to trade your spots away, get something else. I would suggest Andrew doing the same thing. If you still have that, that league limit, uh, which I guess it would be 10 in this case, if you still have a limit of 10 Devi players total entering the league each year, I think that's really what you're trying to limit. Uh, and you're basically asking for collusion with this rule. Yeah, that, that's about where that's pretty much where I was going to go. And, and you have a better example of it in your leagues because you have you not only dealt with this, but you uh, had a very similar instance and you found your solution. Um, uh, I don't know if you're asking if it's straight up unfair or collusion. It, it's really, really bordering on that. And, and, basically is <laughs> to a point um the the i i've i've seen it in my home league and in other leagues where people are like this is the guy i want if you get him i'll trade you for him but the the predetermined and exact trade is uh that's that's pretty there's some issues there but the real the the real heart of it is um and the advice we're kind of giving to commissioners on this one is if you have a rule like that you are almost inviting collusion as Ryan said, and really your rule should be fixed to do exactly what you want and not invite that. If your rule is you are only allowed to draft one Debbie player, your the team should either only be allowed to have one Debbie player or, or there should only be 10 Debbie players per league and they go to whoever they go to via trades or whatever, but limiting it to one, drafting draft only allowed to draft one Debbie player is, is really, really a tough spot you're putting owners in. Do you feel that's accurate, Ryan? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I get the idea of limiting. I I, I do yeah. think I do think the total uh, the total Devi player pool should be limited. Uh, I I just don't think limiting by team is the way to do it. Unless, like you said, you want to say you can only have you can only roster one at a time and yeah. basically eliminating trading as well, which I don't yeah. like. Yeah, exactly. That's the only way you can truly, um, <laughs> truly make it so they're they they only draft one Debbie player is by disallowing the trading of those Debbie draft picks. Well, this is a rookie Debbie draft, but you get what I'm saying. Disallowing the trading of that pick and also limiting to one player, one Debbie player for team or whatever. But uh, I think really what needs to be done here is is not so much the sketchiness of that because I can, I can see how it's pretty sketchy, but it's also kind of invited by the rules. I think you need to say there can only be 10 Debbie players allowed in the league or and or each team may only have one Debbie player, you know, or 10 Debbie players per year, I guess would be, be the rule, right? You can only introduce 10 new Debbie players per year. Um, I I think what you do need to do is slightly change your rules so that people feel free to draft and trade these Debbie players um, instead of, you know, uh, you know, I, I suppose there, there does become an issue though in drafts. (laughs) We're spending a lot of time on this. I can see it's a good topic. I, yeah, I can see an issue here where let's say someone has three picks in the first round. They want to draft – like if you if the limit is 10 Debbie players per year can come into the league, that team might take two of them, you know, <laughs> and and that's unfair to the other owners. But I guess he traded for those draft picks, right? Like he traded to yeah. get those. So I think you need to, you know, decide – I think you need to remove the only – teams are only allowed to draft one Debbie player per draft and you need to make it, uh, you know, either limit the team or limit the league or both. And that should slightly, at least slightly clear that up. That, that about right, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Cause if you don't, if you leave it the way it is, it, it's going to invite these kinds of trades. Um, and yeah, I think we've said enough on that topic. Uh, Drew Kozak. Wait, did I, I read the last one? You go with this one, even though it's long. Let me see if there's a. Is there a way to shorten this up? <laughs> um. Here, you read the short one after that, and I will read this while you're you're going over the next one, just to see if I can shorten it up. All right. Scott, our next question comes from Stephen from South Bend. Stephen says, have you had any experiences with Roto football leagues? I'm thinking about doing a three-sport dynasty Roto league. Do you have any experience in multiple sport dynasty leagues? Um, I don't, actually. So uh, three-sport, I'm assuming he's baseball, basketball, football, um, all in one. Scott, have you ever done any leagues like that? No, but there's lots of them out there. Yeah. Jonah Carey does the League of Leagues, has yes. for years and years. It's got, you know, celebrities and famous, uh, famous analyst people in it from, you know, big networks and stuff. Um, it's a thing out there. It very much exists. You can, uh, you can probably pretty easily Google for some bylaws on it and how to run it. Um, 
the I, I don't think they do roto. Maybe they do roto. I don't know how they do it. Um, actually, um, I don't know if it's just you know they do a season and then another season and then another season, or if it's yeah, uh, I, the, the actual scoring, I'm not sure. But uh, roto football leagues, I've never done a roto football league. Um, I, I I don't really have interest in it. Uh, I I've had fun doing roto leagues in uh, you know baseball and basketball. I just it's less fun to me to, to do it that way. But, uh, all for, I mean, I know people do it. So all for you, if you, uh, if you enjoy that and, uh, I'd say definitely go for the three sport thing to go look up league of leagues, uh, on Google and you could probably find what they do. And, and you could probably, um, Google, you know, anything from Roto football leagues and three sport, the three sport ones, the, the league of league type copy pet cats and probably find some stuff out there. I don't know that I have much advice for it. It's, it's kind of one of those, Hey, if this is what you want to do, create the league and then find some people to do it with you. Cause it, yeah, I'm sure it's fun for, if you think it's fun, there's probably 11 other people that think it's fun too. Yeah. Just like, I mean, really similar to our, niche leagues kitchen sink and and pigs and and there's plenty of them out there now you've really got to find the diehards here you've got to find people who are obviously interested and not even just interested but basically almost experts on uh, all three sports which which is tough so if you've got the group i would say go for it because it it, it certainly would be fun yep definitely this one's from drew kozak uh, he's got an email here asking about paying for future years in dynasty leagues, which mm. most of us do in a lot of our leagues. A lot don't depending on, you know, how much you trust your owners. Uh, I know in safe leagues, uh, we, we do require payment. If you, if you want to trade your first, if you trade your first round pick, um, Ryan, do you do it for any pick or just first round pick? Just first round picks. But yeah. I, I've, I've been in and seen plenty of leagues that do that for, for any pick. I, I very much agree with the argument I've seen out there for if it's any pick, you like, if you're trading assets for a future year, you're expected to play in that future year. I yeah. completely get that argument, you know, with safe leagues, it's a lot, it, it kind of hinders trading a little bit to do that. And it's really, it, as long as a team has its first round pick, it's, you know, if, if a team is missing like a second or a third or a fourth, it's, it's about it's not that much more difficult to find a new owner so the first round pick though can sometimes be a backbreaker so um either way on that uh what he's what he's asking is um okay so part of his worry is if the league paying for the league in advance causing issues when it closes you just repay the guy so i don't understand why it's a big hassle to just refund people um, he says it's a big hassle that could be avoided, but uh, I don't think that's a big hassle at all. Well, the other thing Drew is mentioning here is is basically asking when you have a team abandoned or orphaned, yeah. asking the other owners in the league to split up that that entry. Okay, so, yeah, that's another line he does have later in the email. So let's let's talk on that one. Um, I do not like that idea <laughs> personally. Nope. No. Um, if everybody's that, on board that's with it, only, I guess it's okay. But that's only if they can't find an owner for an extended. Like if you've exhausted all op- options, maybe you yeah. know, maybe put the ask out there. But in general, no. 
Yeah, uh, he's he's asking. I was wondering what you guys thought of this idea as an alternate to forcing every owner to pay a year ahead. What kind of benefits pitfalls do you see to the change? Uh, thanks for your time. Love the podcast and having you guys as a resource for questions like these. So I think I get, we're both pretty against the. I I get I get it, but I think we're both pretty against the idea of uh, splitting there. Yeah, I'm I'm just worried about the the animosity that would cause of me having to pay and everybody else in the league having to pay for a new owner's team. I would honestly, I would be even more upset with the person leaving the league. If uh, I don't, you know, it depends on relationships there, but I would be even more frustrated with that person. Mm -hmm. And I might even kind of in the back of my mind, have a little issue with the person coming in, knowing that I paid his way, uh, for for really no reason so yeah drew's giving the example of a 25 dollar league and if everybody's chipping in a couple bucks like you said if you're if you're really having trouble finding uh, a new owner then in that case maybe it makes sense but i think those situations would be few and far between yeah i i'm going to read his quote here here's his quote that he wants to add to the as a clause in the bylaws if you are abandoning your team, you are expected to pay for the following year for the new owner. In the event that the owner abandoning the team does not pay for the future season, the cost for the new team will be added to the cost to pay for MFL for that year and split evenly for all owners to bear, which is what we just discussed. Yes. Uh, but when someone abandons a team, I have a very long history of a ton of leagues. Them being willing to pay for the next year is extremely rare. And if they have already paid for the following year, they want a refund most of the time too. They're like, can I get a refund if I find help you find a new owner or can I just get a refund? What you're describing here that if you're abandoning your team, you're expected to pay for the following year for the new owner. That's, that's a certain kind of guy that, that will do that. That is, is not as common out there. Um, you're, you're, you're basically putting in a bylaw that if a team gets abandoned, the, the league is going to split the <laughs> split it. Right, Ryan? Or do you have different experience? I mean, we've both had people offer to pay for the next year. That does happen, but it's, it's kind of a rare situation. Sure. It is. And, and I guess, I guess I'm just a, maybe a little confused. Is this separate from trading the future first? Is, is, is Drew asking, if you if you leave the league at all, you have to pay for the future. I, I he, don't think he do, he does he wants a league. I think based on one of these paragraphs, he wants a league where you don't pay a year ahead if you trade future picks. It, like he's saying in leagues where this isn't the case, where you trade the commit the commission allows trading of one year advance regardless of payment. So he's saying in his league, they they want to not pay for f- pay in advance. They just want to be able to trade future picks but they also don't want to worry about abandoning team abandoned teams. I would say if you have a group of guys for whatever reason, uh, that are not comfortable with prepaying when trading first round picks, Mm -hmm. they're probably not going to be comfortable with paying for somebody else's (laughs) entry fee. That is, that is like, that's like a, just like a light bulb above my head as you said, not a, 
I mean, as you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most true statement ever. If, if a team is not comfortable about trading or paying for a future first or paying their next year entry when trading, yeah, they're probably not the person that's going to be like, I'm abandoning my team, but you know what? Here's the money for the league <laughs> next year. Let me help you out. That's a oh God, that is that. There's so much truth in that statement. That's brilliant, Ryan. It's very, very true. So, all in all, I think what we're saying is we we don't love the clause you've developed. Sometimes rules work well for leagues that we don't expect them to. I would expect when teams get abandoned in your league with this clause, most of the time the other owners are going to have to cover that cause for the new owner. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it feels like most of the time you'll be able to find a new owner to just uh, – take the team at its normal cost anyway. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe this will work for them. <laughs> I hope so. Or maybe it's a thing if, if they, if it's a $25 league and somebody's like, I'll take it for 10, then the other people can split $15 or whatever. Um, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay, but uh, it's okay at a, a $25 league level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't. Yeah, end of story. Don't love it, um, but you know what? If it if it works, it works. Um, I just wouldn't expect them to pay too often. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Next question, Scott comes from Mike in Waltham, Massachusetts. Another another uh, listener from yeah from the Northeast up there. Go hang out with Will Hunting. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Mike says last season, four teams got caught colluding a handful of players. This is amazing. (laughs) A handful of players were traded repeatedly among these teams as they tried to move up the playoff seedings. One owner essentially admitted the collusion. Unfortunately, that meant I had to kick out four out of our 12 owners in the league. Good for you, Mike. That was the right move. When filling that many spots, do you recommend inheriting these orphan teams or offering a dispersal draft, which accounts for players and picks? This is an easy one. Dispersal yep. draft every yep. time. That's why I threw it at the bottom. I'm like, this is a super easy question. Let's let's get this out there. Always a dispersal if it's four teams. I think this is a crazy situation first off. But yeah, really always, always a dispersal uh, if you can. Safe Leagues doesn't do dispersals just because we don't have the manpower. If we had the manpower to do hundreds of dispersal drafts and there was a nice system for it, we would do it. <laughs> Heck, if MFL, MFL, if you're listening, if you al- simply allowed us to create a draft, you know, <laughs> create multiple drafts and have them not affect the draft order, and then we, then then we might we might do it, but it's not the way it works at the current moment. Um, but yes, always a dispersal. It's a lot more fun. Teams, uh, your four new teams will feel so much more ownership over their teams if they have you know drafted uh, their the, the the players and picks on their own. Yeah, dispersals are are such a such a great way to do things. I I use dispersals even if I just have two openings. Um, and, and ultimately I moved to, uh, allowing current owners to jump in dispersal drafts or second yep. chance drafts if they choose, because I found dispersals creating so much activity, uh, returning owners wanted in on the action. They wanted to trade into the dispersal draft. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just created activity and, and I thought it made plenty of sense. Yep. Uh, I always, I always let, or I almost always, uh, depends on the league. I have some leagues where it's a little more difficult, but I almost always let teams trade in to dispersals. No problem. That's yep. just makes sense. Like the, the other teams have assets probably that the dispersal teams want and uh, dispersal teams uh, have assets available in the, in the dispersal draft that, outside teams want so might as well let them be able to trade um the the other thing is i I mean just we've touched on it a million times but uh the the second chance thing how do you feel about throwing in a second chance for teams that are in the league if there's no rule on it if there's a rule on it there's a rule on it but if there's no rule on it yeah, so I had that situation last year. Uh, I think I've talked about it on here, actually, but um, had had a few leagues that were just growing stale. Honestly, they've been around a while. They're not super flex leagues. So some of the rules that have become more common over the years uh, are not in these leagues, and that includes certainly second chance. Um, so I, I just made the commish call. You know, for, for me, it's a best interest of the league. Right. We need, we need something to shake up these leagues a little bit. And I thought a second chance would uh, draft would help do that. So I, I opened it up to anybody who wanted to, to join. And, and I think it helped some certainly. Yep. Uh, I, I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any concern about it not being in the original rules document. It's still not in the rules document. Honestly, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably do it again. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you're acting in the best interest of the league and you can honestly say that, then I, I don't have any problem with it. And let's say it's in this one. If you're giving that option to all eight other teams, it, it doesn't feel like it's that big of a deal. If you've given the option to all eight other teams, um, yeah, it just uh, it, it doesn't feel like that there's a whole lot of negative to it. And, and maybe maybe there is that we're not thinking of on the spot, but uh, uh, I, I'm the same way. It, it feels like it's something that you could probably pretty safely just say, yeah, we're, we're going to let it, but every league is different and maybe talk to your league and maybe, maybe your league disagrees with that and, and is vehemently against it. So, uh, but yes, absolutely. Uh, go dispersal with those four teams and sorry to hear about all that crazy uh, collusive, collusion, collusive moves and whatnot. That's crazy. Four teams. All right, Ryan, we're all done. We're going to say it. We're going we're gonna to call it a day. Thanks to everyone who has listened. If you have questions, if you have uh, comments, if you have whatever, you can email us, commishpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at commishpod. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at RyanMC23 or myself on Twitter at scottfish24. So another one in the books, two weeks in a row. Let's keep it up, Ryan. Let's do it. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great day. 